cheese. I pressed my nose against the handhole. It smelled crisp and mournful. There are 27 diaries in this box in total. The first I picked out was a pocketbook, quarter-bound, blue, with a red spine. Inside, a printer's advertisement read, Denby Commercial Books, in a border made of moustache shapes, which made me think of signs swinging in a Midwestern breeze and Clint Eastwood clinking into town. On the facing page, the seller had stamped his details in purple ink. W. Cannings Limited, 23-25 to 25 Peckham High Street, London. The price was marked in the top left-hand corner, handwritten in pencil, three shillings tenpence. Inside, the pages were crammed to the brim with handwriting. The letters were confident and generous, occupied all the available space on a page with six words to a line, and apart from the occasional merriments in the letters J, H, and D, the script continued with almost mechanical regularity from the front cover to the back. It was not a purpose-made journal. No printed diary could have been manufactured to accommodate this writer's need. Some entries were 4,000 words long, a few were even longer. No day was left alone. It was an ordinary pocket notebook, ambushed by a person's desperation to record his or her life. At the top of the first page, written inside square brackets, as though it hardly mattered, was the year, 1960. I felt unexpectedly moved by this detail. A tube I could look down seemed to puncture the blur of the last fifty years, and pop out again, fifty miles away in South London, beside the diarist, as he walked up Peckham High Street. In my mind, he was already male. There was a destructive element about the way the writing filled up the page, like a boy stamping on fresh snow. I put my eye to this tube and blinked at my new friend. Who was he? Why was he moving at such a pace? Was there something about him that already said, you will end up in a skip? I saw Cannings the stationers as a low ceiling room, the brass bell above the door shaking off the noise of the traffic outside as my man entered. I imagined a flight of steps in the centre of the shop leading to the basement store, and a stout assistant gloomily wrapping up a parcel beside the cash register. I had not read a word of these books, yet already the diarist was clear in my mind, his height, the colour of his fedora hat, his energetic walking pace, the fact that his brown shoes were not brogues. I hate brogues. The entire Canning's volume covered two months, from October 16th to December 16th, and many pages had excited-looking comments, put in as afterthoughts, running like bubbles up the margins. It was as though the book had been scooped into wordy water and brought out gurgling. I noticed that the covers were warped, and thought for a moment that the book had been bent as if crammed into a pocket that was too small. But then I discovered the distortion was caused by a small mound of folded inserts stuffed at the back of the diary. The writer, unable to stop himself rushing on even when he'd reached the end of the book, had spilled his text onto torn-up segments of letter paper. Scribbled up the margin of one of these extra sheets, in handwriting as pale as a whisper, were the first words I read. Hope my diaries aren't blown up before people can read them. They have immortal value. The Canning's diary feels as though it was produced by someone mesmerised by writing. The letters in the body of the text are large, have been put down at speed in soft pencil or ballpoint pen. The next book I picked out was a cheap, thin, black notebook covered in washable rexine. Here the handwriting was smaller and in blue fountain pen, and from a year later. I must continue with this starving life, the long, slogging hours with only a sandwich for lunch, 
the work must so fill and dominate my soul. He is working on one project in particular, the greatest of his life. But, as with all the things that mattered him profoundly, such as his name, his sex, his address, his physical appearance, he doesn't say what this project is. It is simply it. He doesn't describe it, even vaguely, either because that would be dangerous, because he is a spy or a bomb-maker, or because it is so obvious to him, so much a part of him, that it must be on a par with his existence. I cling to life very desperately, feel I could do great things, very afraid of physical disaster, nothing could be worse, could not bear to die before I had given of my gifts to the community, have already worked and suffered so to bring my gifts towards fruition. In some sections of this journal, there are more crossings out than others, more words have been underscored, and the handwriting is more uneven. Injure. Atmosphere. Doesn't believe me.